And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Hey, it's Wednesday. We can celebrate. Gary, how are you? I'm doing really good here. Just did, uh, I'm finishing my math here. Carry the four... Uh, since it was uh, Pi Day yesterday, three point one four one six. Okay, you uh, need to add feelings. Uh, uh, add fe- Okay, the, yeah, oh yeah. The, yes, this is liberal economics. So and liberal math. So we need to add feelings to it. Yeah. And by the way, that makes sense here. Uh huh. Yeah. Because yeah. when I saw the headline yesterday that the San Francisco board, um, in in the city of San Francisco is open to reparations with five million dollar payouts per eligible recipient i finally decided to do some math yeah okay all right said oh you know you you just you knew you didn't have to do the math to know that you can't ever get there right you know that it's it's just it's impossible to do it but when i saw it yesterday you know no it looks like they're pretty optimistic san francisco board is open to five million dollar uh, reparations per eligible recipient. And remember, that doesn't include the $97,000 of, of, uh, of yearly income that the, the, uh, each, uh, recipient would be provided for and all debt reduction. All debt would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm not even going there. Right, to make right, it right. simple. Right. And we've done this with the debt before. We've made the debt very simple. Mm-hmm. And since this gets up to numbers that would look like the national debt. Yeah. Well. <laughs> But here it is, uh, 50,000 blacks in San Francisco, $5 right. million dollars, uh, per eligible recipient if 50,000 get it, okay? All right. right. 50,000. Mm-hmm. $250 billion it would cost. The budget in San Francisco every year is $14 billion. End of story. These delusional people are actually debating whether it should be done or not, something that is impossible. And I thought about this. I went, well, this is just like Biden and the Democrats. Solar and wind can make our whole grid go. Well, no, you can't get there scientifically. City of San Francisco, we know 
that you have been so evil to minorities and you have such incredible guilt in San Francisco that you believe that this is the right thing to do because of your incredible racism and bigotry and intolerance in such a liberal city. But you can't economically get there. Yeah, and 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 by the way, um, were you only bigoted toward and oppressive toward one group of minorities? Because you're drawing the line. You're saying, oh, well, no, 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 no. It will only be one group of minorities. Wait a minute. There are a number of minorities in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Right. You don't feel the same about them. You don't feel that your treatment of them warrants well, reparations. It's targeted racial guilt. Limited. Limited racial guilt. Yeah. I like it very Limit. much. Limited. Limited. I like that. Limited. Yeah. That's that's much better. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. Limited racial guilt. Yeah, we don't want to go too far with our guilt. Eh, yes. well, we'll only have so much guilt. But once we're done paying for it, we're done with guilt, right? Or we are we done with oppressive behavior after that? You know, I liked was when you said, well, because we had said this the other day, well, how could they possibly pay this off? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to get $5 million, $1 a year for 5 million years. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like. I well, mean, how and and you said, well, if they paid it out over a hundred years, it, it would, would still, still be... add two point five billion total to their <laughs> annual budget of fourteen billion, and that doesn't count still the reduction of all debt and the ninety seven thousand yearly guaranteed income. Right. Now we'll deal with that later. They're going to borrow. They're going to borrow that from Los Angeles. Hey, can we just go into in, into debt from uh, you know with L.A.? Well, the Silicon Silicon Valley Bank said they're going to pony up some cash. I'm sure they have it. So I'm sure I'm sure it's right there. I'm sure they have plenty. Oh, they do because the federal government government's going to make sure they do. Oh, I see how this works now. So we like to do the math once in a while, just you know, to to put it in perspective, because liberals are just absolutely delusional. How in the world do you not think all of that through? Not one person in the room said, well, well, because because we don't understand the fact and I'm I'm trying to label us in some way. I don't know what the label is. Uh We're we're, we are mathists. Uh We don't believe that feelings apply to math. Right. They do. We're facticians. We're fact. Yes, we're we're we're. I got to make sure I get, don't say a dirty word here. We're we're factists. Yes, facticians. Well, I had to put we, just like racist practice, factist. We you know, practice whatever. facts, so we're facticianist. Right. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna label someone as a in a derogatory way, it would be factist. Right. We're white factists. Yes. And and so we don't we don't put. Feelings to math, or as L- uh, as as the LGBTQ community calls them, scientists. <laughs> there was a. Uh, in case you're wondering where we're coming from, there was a story a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that uh, oh, I 
forgot the liberal organization. But I can't remember the story, but they, they wanted to apply feelings. They want to teach math with feelings. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is why you had to change your math at the top of the show to add the feelings. Yes, exactly. I had to add the feelings to it. Mm-hmm. So, so even though you would have a disparity of $250 billion, if you add plus feelings... It's zero. And it's zero. It zeroes right it's out zeroes at that point. Right. It's, it's zero. And I learned that from the president of Silicon Valley Bank. Now, we do, we do appreciate that liberals, because we have talked about before, identity politics... Uh-huh. You know that they practice, and they admit that they practice it. We yeah. judge people by groups. Right. Uh, it's the the liberals of San Francisco agreed with uh, I, I'm sure with uh, uh, President Biden. Oh, yeah. When he lied about the Georgia election law mm-hmm. to create you know racial division and racial hatred based on a lie. So the fact that they are admitting the one of the most liberal cities in the world is admitting their culpability. For their racial, their racist guilt and their racist mindset, we compliment liberals for finally admitting it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm telling you, sometimes this show is just, it's so much fun coming into work every day. I mean, we're doomed, but still, to go out enjoying yourself uh-huh. as much as we do mm-hmm. sort of feels sinful oh speaking of sinful coming mm-hmm. up here in a little bit we'll talk about <laughs> biden actually believes he's going to win the liberal transgender activist uh uh, uh the mindset uh he's he's going to win against desantis on this because it it got a little heated yesterday so we'll get to that coming up here biden actually and the thing is Biden taking that stand, you think about it, there's just more. I've got like five different articles that just were, you know, prominently positioned yesterday uh, about the uh, conservatives and mm. Republicans fighting the liberal trend. And, and not even that, just regular people. Right. Now fighting the, uh, the, the liberal transgender activist movement and then. The lawsuit's coming now. You mm. see the, the article in National Review mm-hmm. about the young girl that's now suing the hospital and all the doctors that were involved in in her transitioning, you know, starting it at 13 years of age. Yeah, yeah. And the suit coming back. You, you want to stop the liberal transgender activist movement and the mutilation of minors, <laughs> Medi- medical lawsuits. Oh, that's and, – and I think that's probably the – I won't say the first. I'm not sure if it's the first, but it's one of many that will come down – the pike i'm sure of that because there's there really is no other recourse as those who went through that in this case uh at the time she was 13 then start to understand because they become an adult what has happened they understand who was responsible including the very irresponsible people in the medical field that believe this is okay. Yeah, I mean, it's when, when you think, because it's very simple. Biden is going to run because he's attacked, he's going after DeSantis now. The word sinful came up. It's mm-hmm. like, you're kidding me? Yeah. You're, you're advocating as president of the United States? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, surgery on minors without parental approval. Oh, man. And, I... and, and, and then, as we also know, teaching sexualized con- content to five-year-olds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you think you're going to win that with the American public? You're nuts. And I don't care who was opposite of him on the debate stage. That is that is going to be so horrifically bad for Biden. But that's, here's the, here's the thing. On any front, but especially, especially this one. By the way, we need to ask him the question again. How many genders are there? Remember that in the 2020 election cycle? Three. Yeah, he said three. <laughs> oh, you're so old. He never got a, he never got a follow-up to no, that no, one. No, no, no. Like, it's, it's like they rushed him off. Remember, he was in a crowd of people, <laughs> yeah. and they kind of pushed him on his, his own people. His own people were pushing him through. I'm oh, sorry, we don't have time for And you could see it. He had no idea how to answer the question, but well, he knew he couldn't say two. No, he couldn't, so he he couldn't say two. <laughs> Two's, you know, he was doing the math with feelings. His, <laughs> no, he was. He was ma- doing the math with feelings. In his mind, and then he just blurts out three. Three? There haven't been only three genders since 1960. Where you been? And then, and so, so. So Did, then didn't, didn't Facebook come out with 56 back in 57 like, o- over 10 or 10 years ago? Yeah, that fi- was 57. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, and now I think it's far beyond 57. I think uh, it may be as many as uh, the number of people that are being laid off at Facebook. Wow. You see that? Oh, my gosh. Another, another 10,000. 10, yeah. Yeah. The night he unveiled Meta, I'm like. I'm sorry. What is this cartoon no, we're you, watching? I will say this: you did because you you were actually you researched that before I did. I remember I saw it and went, ah, oh, whatever. And you came in that night. Where's the and, business and, model? And, and and you were just like, where's the business model? This is not going to work. I'm never you. I'm and I'm telling you, in this entire country, I believe you probably were the first one in the media that said this is complete BS. It's not viable. If you wanted to have a part of Facebook that was going to be like a virtual game. Gaming is a big deal, and I get that. But if you were going to have this VR thing with with Facebook, then then what you needed to do is market it as just that, and then allow it slowly to evolve and say, okay, we're uh, there are new applications for it because imagine you could use use this uh, as a fun conference call or something like that. You know, in business, but you don't introduce it as this is who we are. We're renaming our entire company after it. <laughs> you know, well, and, and 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 you have this you know really bizarre presentation of it because the thing is is that it's not the marketplace has to look at it because you have to have that investment ahead of that demand. Well, if you build that demand out of something smaller and it grows, that's how. Even a massive company like Facebook can capitalize on such an idea. But you have to test the waters first. He jumped all in on that and Zuckerberg and and it just didn't play out. It was well, it was just I think it was just yeah. a horrible, horrible idea. I'll just never forget that day because I just I I remember, oh, there's this presentation for Meta, whatever, and I for some reason that was the day I looked at that and went, yeah. whatever, and right. you watched the presentation and then you did some research and you come in and you're smoking to start off the show going this isn't going to work. And I wasn't really, what's he really talking about? And that's why I mean, you were the first, really the first one that I 
have heard anywhere in the media that came out and said, where's the business model? This isn't going to work. It's, and not, you it's were, not viable in the way they're presenting it. Yep. Yeah. Day and, one, you were on that. And and it was, you know, and and it's it's horrible. Look, there, there's, um, you know, I hate seeing the, the whole layoff thing. But I also hate seeing this, you know, um, I don't know, fake innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Innovation happens when you when you talk about like the smartphone. When I started on the show, uh, most uh, a lot of people didn't even have a cell phone. Remember back then how awkward texting was yeah. on flip phones? It was just, and I didn't even. I was like, oh, it takes forever. Uh, and and you know, it was like, no, oh, just make a phone call. It's much easier. And now, quite the opposite. But with smart, the advent of smartphones, it changed things. But you didn't have to go out. They did. The innovators, you know, uh, Steve Jobs at the time and, and others, you know, this is how it will be applied. Well, nobody was listening to that until all of a sudden the applications came in, the apps all came into play, and then every everybody's using it for everything. Well, meta, the metaverse, could happen, but it would have to happen with people going, basically walking through it saying, okay, I, I could see where this could play out here and then you build that demand slowly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have that investment by ma- major corporations in a way that they set it up because it just it was too clunky. It was too childlike. I don't know if I'm going to invest. I heard is there a Meta Bank coming? Just, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to invest well, in that one or not. Well, I, I, you know, we're learning some uh, tech banks are virtual, yeah. so <laughs> they're, they're not real. So I'm just joking. Eight six six ninety red eye. It's not always easy to spring back from the harsh days of winter to warmer months ahead. From de-icing chemicals to hidden debris underneath snow and ice, winter conditions can do serious damage to your truck. Here's a must-do maintenance check to help you minimize downtime and stay rolling. Have your wheel alignment checked to set you up for a safer and smoother ride. Driving with incorrect wheel alignment can result in reduced performance, tread wear, and steering issues. While you're at it, Make sure your tires are properly inflated based on the load you're hauling. Underinflated tires can impact your fuel economy and result in blowouts. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So much to talk about uh, today. The inflation numbers coming out. We'll get to uh, uh, that. And then as we ended, it was I, it was one of the last topics that we ended yesterday's show with saying, oh, my. And, you know, here we go with uh, mm. you, you saw that, uh, you know, Moody's, uh, you know, downgrading banks. And that Moody's yeah. also saying, well, maybe we should be really light. Now we have to ride. Now we have to walk the tightrope mm-hmm. of uh well maybe we should because normally what you do here is was pointed out by the wall street journal you if you have bank problems you just flood the market with liquidity right well, you can't do that and no. you worry and as they said you worry about inflation later yeah. well now that's what they have to do because and all of this is man uh, all of this is the result of actions this isn't capitalism i saw some headline capitalism's failing no, it's not. This isn't capitalism. This isn't capitalism. No. But now they're trying to okay, we've tried to manipulate the we tried to manipulate the banks. We've tried to manipulate the, the the dollar. We've done all these things. It's created this type of problem here, you know, with with the you know uh, and so now the Fed needs to manipulate it more in all in order to ride the fine line between bank failures and massive inflation. Right. I mean, what a cluster. Yeah, no, it's it's beyond a cluster. It, it's um, it's mind blowing, and and no one. Uh, it seemed yesterday that too many people were leaving out of the conversation. The very important point that it is the federal government taking risk out of it that changes. This. Yes, that's not capitalism. Fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh Red Eye. And I, I just when when I when I saw yesterday, you know, the the whole, you know, Moody's analysis and then, you know, the uh, talk, well, maybe I even saw a discussion on some blogs that it's time to start reversing the interest rates. Yeah, that, that don't, you know, we, there was the there was the talk of that reverse. What uh, you, you, you know, basically bring it you know back down so that you could spur growth again, right? But you're you're going to drive inflation even further. I mean, it's I, I don't know why in the world far too many refuse to, and I say refuse. But that's what it feels like. They're they're just refusing to learn 
the lessons of the past. I, I, I just read this yesterday, and I'll read it just a couple of paragraphs here, a couple sentences. Because I just I read this, I was just livid. Hmm. Wall Street may hope that the bank panic of the last few days will cause Jerome Powell to stop his money tightening when the Federal Open Market Committee meets next week. But inflation isn't cooperating, uh. which puts the Fed chair in a sticky situation. Uh, in previous episodes of financial panic, the Fed would flood the economy with liquidity and worry about inflation, the inflationary impact later. Mr. Powell and friends may go that route. And you can bet markets would cheer in the short term. Markets have already discounted that there will be a 50-point uh, increase in Fed funds. And they're judging a 25-point uh, increase to be far from a sure thing. But the monetary policy decision isn't as easy as all that after the Treasury's report that the consumer price index rose another 0.4% in February or 6% over the last 12 months. That's a modest monthly decline from point. Five in January, but still as high or higher than five of the last seven months. But that isn't even the point because mm. the overall inflation rate went down because uh, uh, gas prices overall went down again. Yeah, and gas. Right. I think yeah. uh, uh, energy energy in in uh, was down, uh, and and it was fuel was down like seven percent. That's mm. what brought it down. Right. The problem is core inflation actually went up. Went up. The monthly rate went up. Yeah, and from, from was, January. Yeah, and it was uh, higher than the median forecast. Yeah, and well, not only that, but it was up from January. No, I know, I mean, I know the that. forecast is like yeah. to me. It's like well, they can forecast whatever they want. Well, but yeah, well, but it, it's 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 economists, not the government, doing the forecast. Yeah. And the reason it is important is is because it, it when you look at that, and and you're not if the economists aren't doing the and now I'll say on every other number they got it. The median forecast was almost spot on, uh, but it's a combination of uh, because it's a median forecast. It's a combination of the uh, entire market assessment of where we are. Well, if that core inflation is still hotter than they than the market thought, then that's horrible. Uh, you and I were looking uh, at February of uh, last year, and inflation year over year was seven point nine. So right. you add right. that six on top of the 7.9. We, we point that out every time because it's important to remember the cumulative effect. Right. We're not talking prices. No. We're, we're talking the percentage, mm -hmm. the, the percentage, and it's based on the, the base that was accumulated from last year. Mm -hmm. So the 6% is on top of the 7, whatever it was, 7.9. 7 7.9% from 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 last year but the other thing that you've got to uh, point out is what's rising mm -hmm. because you can sit there and say inflation overall yeah but there's a lot of stuff people don't need what do people need mm -hmm. electricity up 12.9 percent natural gas 14.3 percent groceries are up 10.2 percent this is uh this is confusing a lot of people rent uh rent shelter is up 8.2 percent the highest ever. Wow. Meanwhile, real average hourly wages are down 1.3%. And that's why it's infuriating when the president gets out there and says, and, and, and the White House constantly, wages are up, wages are up, wages are up. See, people are getting relief. They're not getting relief. No, I mean, it's no, it's an no, absolute no. lie. And you know, and what just really ticked me off now is is just what a... 
what a cluster it is that, you know, we, we talk about this, that everything that we see today, every problem that we have today was caused by government. Every single pro- – the major issues that we face today were government-related. Yeah. Yes. Were government-related through government regulation, government policy, yep. laws, yep. whatever. Uh, and and so it's like, well, we need to solve these pro- – well, the problems are created by these people. Why do they want to solve them? Right. Well, they might want to solve them temporarily to get through the election, but this is the policy that they believed in. I saw there was a couple of articles on, I don't know, uh, on on Portland, a lot of articles on Portland Mm. over the last couple of weeks with the crime and everything else. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, this is their nirvana. Yeah. This is what this is what the left wanted. It's not like it's not like they didn't want it. This is exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. You got what you got, what only could happen from the policies that they enacted. There was no other way to go. And the same thing here. But when you see that what people actually need is still going up, and when you see wages uh, are not keeping up with prices, which means you have every single month, you have less money every single month. And now you can't tackle inflation because of the 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 bank situation, which, and there was a lot of discussion on this uh, yesterday, because of Number one, the regulations that came out after 2008, 2009 that encouraged banks mm-hmm. to, you know, to go into a lot of these safe, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want you to take risk. Mm-hmm. So you go into the safe bonds and treasury bills and things like that, but not thinking that the Fed was going to artificially keep interest rates low. Right. Right. For how, what, what's it been now? 13 years? Mm. You know, and yeah. and completely yeah. pervert the market. Wow! Where they said, "Okay, this is going to go on forever," so that's what we do. And then, boom, they've got to skyrocket the interest rates uh, because of inflation, which is due to government spending. Everything is just related. It's like, okay, now the Fed needs to solve the problem that they help create, yep. and they have to ride this balance between massive inflation or bank failures. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. Just perfect. Right. But, and you know, uh, it it really is. It, it just feels like they they actually don't know what they're doing and don't know what they're what's going on. Remember when um, when Powell Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, was a couple of months ago. Well, we're just kind of still learning about this whole inflation oh, thing. Oh God, yes. And we said Part that of me point. thinks that, that that statement was was true and that there are too many people in positions of power like him that absolutely are ignorant about the whole thing. Or they're so arrogant that they believe they can snap their finger, uh, make a choice to go in one direction, and everything's going to be solved. You know, this idea of zero interest rates was never going to last no it it of of the fed uh, pounding uh money into the system uh in order to buy their own it, debt yeah it, it was never buy our own debt not yeah. their own debt our right. our debt it was never going to to last it it now in hindsight it it is just like this whole thing of uh <laughs> flattening the curve when i first 
you know, started thinking about, you know, zero interest. My mindset was the same as flattening the curve. It was like, okay, you're, it's, you say it's only a couple of weeks. You say that we're going to lower these interest rates and, and get the economy going and then slowly bring them back up. Well, it's, except you started living as if we don't ever need to raise interest rates again. Right. That Mm -hmm. we could go on with zero interest for a long time. And the fact is, in my mind, I knew that there's no way it could be permanent. And the point is, is that. Well, because because it's not market related. Exactly. It's not it's not it's not not market driven. It's none of it's market driven. So you're going to have you're always going to have problems. It's it's manipulation. Yeah. And. And when you get into that, then you expect that there will be consequences every time there is a move that involves manipulation, which, of course, with the Fed, it's always the case. So when you're going to reverse it, then you're going to have worse problems. You're overcorrecting. You'll always be overcorrecting however your whichever direction you're going in. Because here we are early on into this whole thing of raising the interest rates. And they're already said, well, well, maybe we need to get back to lowering the. We think about this. With the Silicon Valley Bank thing going down and, and you and I said it the other day, I said to you off the air, how long before Elizabeth Warren? Because she was screaming at oh, you. Did, yeah. but yep. She's going after Jerome Powell for raising interest rates and blah, 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 blah. And then when the the bank failures happened, it was inevitable. In my mind, I was like, okay, this is going to happen. She's going to come out. She's going to say that this is the, uh, you know, in part, it's the fault of the Fed. And then I had to see if she had made a statement because, you know, I don't see everything. We don't see everything. Maybe I missed a a tweet or something. I don't know. Uh, I searched it in that very moment. And found her opinion piece, a guest piece in the New York Times that had only been posted at that moment for a matter of minutes, like 25 minutes. And that's what she was doing. She was blaming Republicans. She was blaming Trump. That's obligatory. And then she went after Jerome Powell. And the idea was that, okay, now the political pressure is going to go the other direction. That continued. To the point now you have analysts going, well, he may not have another increase. There may not be another increase. And maybe we need to reverse. Maybe maybe they're right. Maybe we do need to reverse the interest rates. It is like a bunch of children that just are are running around and, and don't have know, zero direction. Don't know what to do. Well, what happens is when you do everything wrong. Yeah, right. When you do everything wrong. And this right. is a situation when you look at it. When you when you see the you know what the Fed policy was, you know to keep interest rates zero for as long as possible. When you mm. see you know in order to buy our own debt, right? And that was caused yeah. by the debt creation, and we need to buy our own debt so we don't have to pay a ton in interest on on Treasury bills that will add to the national deficit even uh, uh, more. Mm. Well, you can't do that, right? You, you I mean, and and we said for the longest time you're eventually going to have to pay with government spending. We said you're eventually going to hit the consequences of it. Well, they've done 
everything wrong. When you look at the regulation that they put in after 2008, 2009, saying, okay, do this. Well, you combine it with the other policies they put into effect, and it's like, oh, why didn't the San Francisco Fed see this coming? Why didn't other banks that may be in the same situation, why wasn't the Fed monitoring this? Right. Where were the people that are supposed to be watching what's going on at the banks? Because clearly, you know, there's Jim Cramer a month ago. Mm-hmm. One of the best stocks to buy. Yeah. Silicon yeah. Valley Bank. Yeah. yeah. When, and obviously, if you would have looked at it a month ago or six months ago, you would have said, there's a big problem here. Well, and 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 that's it. Because then you look at the, you know, the, the how much of the assessment is personality driven. With a Jim Cramer, it's a bunch of it. With him alone, it's you could hear the argument. We played uh, one of the. It was I don't know. It was a few weeks old. We played his justification for buying stock in Silicon Valley Bank, and you could hear him doing this weird math as he's talking. He really couldn't justify it, but he just came up with these weird reasons as yeah. to why. He was going against the grain, and it wasn't real. That's what got me. It's like, and ev- now we know ev- everything's been done been done wrong. And now they're like, "What do we do? We don't right. know what to do." Exactly. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. This is a problem for the administration. Mm, yeah. Because they're going, yeah. uh oh, what would cost us? Democrats are now thinking, what will cost us? High inflation? Yeah. Because right. if Elizabeth, you know, if they do what Elizabeth Warren says, cut, you know, uh, uh, cut the Fed rate, which I don't believe is going to happen. But if you yeah. cut the, if you cut the Fed rate, that means, more inflation. Oh, yeah. Not less inflation. Yeah, no, you would more heat up inflation. the economy. Yeah, it would, it, and, it would be unbelievable. And you're go, and, and you're not going, that's not going to go well. It's, I think they're scrambling because we're at that crossroads yep. and they don't know what to do. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you'd like to get in on the discussion today, download our Red Eye Radio app today. Do that now, right now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. (laughs) And you can listen anywhere you want if you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio station uh, uh, affiliates, uh, as we uh, we talk about the banking situation and the inflation situation, because now 
both of those topics have become completely inter- intertwined, yeah. as we now know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to play this uh, audio from uh, CNN as they were discussing this yesterday. How should we be interpreting Moody's decision now to downgrade the entire banking sector? Well, it's certainly a sign of continued concern about these banks. Moody's says that uh, they expect that banks are going to continue to remain under pressure for as long as the Federal Reserve hikes interest rate. They're warning they could downgrade six U.S. banks, including First Republic Bank, Western Alliance, and Comerica. There you go. Uh, yeah. And and so this, you know, when he came out, as we said yesterday, when they when he was up at when when he was uh, doing something before nine a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even Jen Psaki said it. He he doesn't do anything at nine a.m. Exactly. And so we said at that point, you know, oh no, there's nothing. It's just an individual bank. There's really no concern here whatsoever. This is extremely limited. Next day, you know, Moody's says, sorry, the entire banking system goes to negative. And then we start finding out, okay, this bank here, this bank here, and then mm-hmm. the panic with the with the inflation numbers coming out, and then even the political panic that well. And and this is a problem the Democrats have. Elizabeth Warren is saying, no, 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 uh, it's it's the it's the Fed's fault because they're raising rates. Uh, they need to lower the rates. Well, yeah, then then yeah, inflation's going yeah. to skyrocket. Right. I mean, which do you want politically? When you look at it from the political situation, what do you want if you're a Democrat? You want high inflation, or uh, six possible U.S. banks if you raise the rate to where they need to be could be in serious problems and so every month or two another bank failure right which then would affect the stock market which then the again we will we see the chaos it's caused right now yeah we've seen this yeah. chaos and right. so this is really a thing where they i believe they've done everything wrong the federal government has done everything wrong when it comes to the fiscal health of the united states of america well, and, and the yeah. and and the banking system in 2008, 2009, what caused the news banking regulations, as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, which really made it so banks had to go into, you know, secure uh, assets, which are treasury bills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which are treasury bills, treasury bonds, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the Fed comes in and, you know, lowers the interest rate to basically zero for just years decades over you know not i won't say decades but over a decade mm-hmm. and the original problem that caused this legislation was caused by government manipulation of the mortgage market everything goes back to government intervention in economics for anybody to say that this is capitalism has no idea what the definition of capitalism versus socialism is this is government manipulation of the uh, of initially of the mortgage market still of the mortgage market still they're they're yeah. still involved yeah right uh, in it but the major manipulation that t- uh 10 years before it happened mm-hmm. 9 years before it happened mm-hmm. the warning was even in the New York Times right and just nobody nobody cared but they've done everything wrong when it comes to the economic health of the United States. There's been no care. They're the only thing the only thing that you get that the, the caring is about can we get immediate political gratification for this? Keep feeding the people. Keep feeding the people free money. Do this. Make it easier temporarily. To hell with the future. We'll get them now. Well, now there's hell to pay from in inflation to now what's going on in the the banking system across the board yeah as as you see it and it's just and i think they got to the point there's eventually a point you get to when you do everything wrong 
that you don't know what to do. There is no solution. No, and I, you can't I file bank it. and you can't file bankruptcy. <laughs> no, uh, and 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 that's it. Um, but the problem is is that everything that the federal government is doing is always politically driven, and it is not a solution. Real solutions often require work and pain. And the government getting out. And the government has to get out for there to be. And and this is, you know, we can't go undo the spending that led us to inflation. I wish we could, but that's not possible. So the damage at the foundation is already done. And the question is, how long do you want to stand on a broken foundation? Because you, because you, you get in your mind that, well, if we can just balance this, if it will just stand until we're out of power or I'm out of office, then I'm fine. If I can just cure it for the day. And they live inside of a bubble, but they also live in the bubble of today. So you introduce into it the bank failures, and now it's the, you know, the sensitivity of of the average person in terms of how that might affect them, which they look at it and, and people are saying, well, wait a minute, do I need, what's going on with my bank? There isn't a panic by the average consumer right now. What they're worried about is that a panic would ensue, that if they start downgrading certain banks, you know, you mentioned they, the, the mention, they mentioned a, a few banks here in that audio you just played. Comerica Bank is, is a bank that's been around for a while and, and, and has a lot of customers. Well, when you hear that, when somebody says that out loud, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I, I, I have an account there. Do I need to change something? And it just becomes this hypersensitive, fear driven thing. That people like uh, the current president and and Elizabeth Warren will jump on to politically use for their advantage, but it that is never a solution. It's not even a band aid because it only leads to another problem. We always ask the question: Aren't they thinking this through? No, bubble of today. You get through today. That's it. Well, it, it reminds me, and you and I have mentioned this uh, as something that people can relate to. When uh, when Chris Christie was giving the speech before, was it the firefighters? Yeah. And they were booing him. Yeah. And he just was blunt. He said, you're booing me because I'm telling you the truth, that the money isn't there for what you have wanted. You've been lied to for you, years. You've been lied to for years. They lied to you believing uh, uh, we will lie, we'll get their support, we'll lie to them, and we'll be out of office before they find out we really can't afford to do what we promise them that we can do. Right. I'll never forget Chris, because that was one of his, you know, uh, Chris, he's had some good moments, he's had some terrible moments, oh, well. but, but that was actually a good moment where he said, you're booing me because I'm not lying to you and I'm telling you the truth. You cheered them and they lied to you yeah. and put you in this position where you're not going to get what they promised you. And right. now you're booing me right. for telling you the truth. Right. Well, that's a lot of what's uh, 
you know, what's going on in, in you know, today. The warnings were there on the spending. Uh, we, we bring up yeah. Larry Summers. A lot of people do it because it was important because you're talking about uh, a an Obama-era economic advisor who was telling, this is someone who uh, was preaching, uh, you know, uh, principles and in, in, uh, economic principles that were, you know, uh, clearly, clearly not sound at one point. Uh, that, you know, and, and talked about um, the Keynesian theory and Keynesian economics at one point. But even he looked at that $1.9 trillion package and said, don't pass this. If you do, it will catapult us into inflation. And it did. It's it's there was a brink. There was that proverbial straw on the proverbial camel's proverbial back. Well, that and with the Fed for years. You know, and they had to back off on buying our own debt. Mm-hmm. And we said, when that happens, interest rates are going to go up. And then we've talked about the problem. For We've been talking about the problem with the Fed buying, you know, buying their own debt for years now. Right, right. And saying, when this ends, interest rates are going to skyrocket, right. you know, for these things. And, and we didn't necessarily mention the bank problem because I didn't know how much certain banks had invested into there. We didn't, right. you know, yeah, we don't yeah. monitor each and every bank. But we knew on the, the, the debt, you know, you knew what the consequences were going to be for the national debt and what was going to happen with future budgets and what was going to happen just based on the math. The same thing with the math on Social Security. You think about yeah. it, Social Security and Medicare is a perfect example. Right. You know, I'll go back to when uh, when uh, uh, Bush uh, 46, remember when he said, hmm. you know, I want to change this. We have to change. You cannot continue doing this. And still, you've got Republicans out there. No, we're not going to do anything. No, Mm. we're not going to cut any benefits. Not at all. We're not going to change it. Well, you're going to change it all right. You may not, you may not, uh, uh, you, you may keep benefits the same, but, but if you don't raise the age and, or if you don't put in massive new taxes, or if you don't change the system completely from what it was intended to be, there's going to be massive changes in there. And not to acknowledge it is not being a good public servant. Right. Right. You said Bush 46. I think you meant 43. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought Jeb won. <laughs> <laughs> Please clap. Uh, <laughs> but you, but honestly. Bush 43, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he served a few more terms. Uh, Obama, by, Obama was really never in office. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's, it, it is that, you know, um, somebody posted the uh, video the other day, the clip of Bush 43 saying, I'm sacrificing my. Uh, abandoning my free economy, free uh, 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 free market principles to help the free market. <laughs> yeah, I'm re- I'm re- remember that because we, you know, yeah, and yeah. and we look at the all of that. You you look at the nature of the response to the bailout, uh, uh, to the uh, uh, bank collapse, <laughs> and. If you if you look at it and say, all right, well, uh, the government is going to step in and say Silicon Valley Bank is going to be made whole on the 
assets, the long-term assets that they invested in. Well, okay, hold on a second. If you start that precedent, do you not have to change policy to do that? And if you change policy, does it not change the return for anybody who is in that very situation that bought those same assets? You see what I mean? Because they're they're talking about making Silicon Valley Bank whole. We were talking about this yesterday, uh, or day before yesterday. I think it was yesterday. If they're talking, if the federal government is saying because we we're that, trying to, they're trying to say there's no taxpayer dollars. We're going to cover your it. losses. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to cover your losses. That's taxpayer well, dollars. Well, it can't come from anywhere else. It, you either give them the money or you change the 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 rate of the assets. Well, they're not going to change the rate or of return of any assets they invested in. There's no way you can do that. So you have to put taxpayer money into their tills. They keep saying oh, this so, is not so, a government. So, so you're saying they just instantly take that away and transfer it to a treasury bill that's paying 5% right now on a 6-month basis or a year a year basis whatever and they just they just make it i don't know if that's constitutional well that's that's the, my point i, I don't think that i don't think tell, that's legal because because I, I, the <laughs> only legal thing for them to do would wow. be to to give them taxpayer money which isn't allotted for that that hasn't been you know congress has to approve that money going to them uh the federal reserve can't just give them money without them going through that process in in on capitol hill so, you're saying so no, how do you no. change it you so, can't change the oh, nature of the, oh, the assets that they bought you can't say you can't go in and say we'll exchange those assets uh for uh for the assets that have a higher return in order to make them tell me how it's going to work <laughs> I like see that. where i'm going no no i i i'm sitting there thinking some democrats are going to go well why can't we do that well, no, that's but, but I honestly believe it, it, that it, it, they look at it and go, oh, no, we can. That's fine. Because God. where are the Elizabeth Warrens of the world in that equation? Elizabeth Warren doesn't know what the hell's going on. In just one, like just like Biden has no idea exactly. what's going on in this. He in, doesn't know what's going on one, economically. He doesn't it, understand it. In one paragraph in her opinion piece in the New York Times the other day, she's going after rich people while she's, you know, uh, uh, the entire spirit of that entire piece that she wrote is about helping Silicon Valley. About bailing out rich people. <laughs> My gosh. So, to, so today we need to know, do the Democrats hate rich people or wish to bail out rich people? I, I, Which side are they on today? Well, I, because is, it they, di- is it different on... On March 15th than it was on March 13th. Well, and and look at all the policies. Let's pay off college loans. Yep. These are individuals that, and I know because I I, I see it. Well, no, 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 that's why they capped it at 125000 a year. That's what they're making now. But with a college degree, long term, these people are going to be wealthy if they're doing it right. Uh, if they're just doing it on the average, they're, they're going to be wealthier than those Without college degrees, that's the whole Absolutely, point. Right. And then you look at the money that they give to the the taxpayer money that they give for buying an EV. Who buys an EV? Rich, the wealthy, the wealthy. Look at all their policies and tell me who they actually are protecting. Eight six six ninety red eye. 
surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. Right. I hold that thought that you were on uh, before where you said, well, you know, the Democrats talk about they care about the poor, but look at all the bailouts and things they're doing for the rich. We can give some advice to the presidential candidates with a list coming oh, yeah. up here in a couple of seconds yeah. following the bottom of the hour. But first, let's go to Mike in Tennessee. Uh, Mike, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. You know, what the, the big question to me is, what's the real genesis of this entire problem? Uh, face it, for the last 40 years, the, the liberals have helped dumb down a large percentage of the population, and these people can't think rationally enough to vote for competent politicians who don't have this fetish about, bring, you know, bringing in eggheads and uh, people from the ivory towers and the like that they don't have any real experience in the real world. So what do you get? You get an administration staffed with a bunch of people, face it, they couldn't pour pee out of a boot if they had the instructions written under the heel. So we get these terrible policies, nothing runs properly, and we have the mess we have, and how do we find our way out of it if we can't get anybody to vote for somebody who's going to appoint people with real-world experience? Uh, you know, there are a number of things that you hit there, Mike, and I'll say this, that uh, there are way too many people uh, out there that don't look at it the way that people who have some teeth in the game, and I mean everyday working people who understand what it takes and, and the work that is involved and required. Uh, so you make some interesting points there. Thanks for the call. So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. 
And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Thanks uh, to uh, Mike from uh, from Tennessee for that uh, for that great call. Yeah. Uh, look, you're right. The you know we have dumbed down the education system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look, and we brought it to you again last week, 56 percent of think about this: 56 percent of Americans cannot name uh, you know all branches, uh, the, all the three branches of government. That's almost half. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and and the other half can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can, but just with feelings. <laughs> they do red eye math. Uh, uh, so, so when you see that they the fifty six percent of Americans cannot name all three branches of government, that means they have no idea the 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 country that they live in. They don't even know how it operates. Yeah. When they're screaming that this is an unfair country, they don't even know what they're screaming at. Right. 25% could not name one branch of the government. If you can't right. name the branches of government, that means you don't know about the separation of powers. You don't know what differentiates us from any other country. You actually have no idea. And I find that really amazing because it's a basic concept. Yeah. You know, that, that's not yeah. a hard concept. You right. know, trying to explain to somebody uh, the, 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 the Fed rate and the Fed buying debt and how that causes inflation would probably be a lot more complicated than telling people we have three branches of government. You have the judicial system, the Supreme, you know, the Supreme Court and the federal courts. You have the executive branch, which is the president, and you have the legislature. It's really simple. And there is a separation of powers, and that's the fight that's always going on. And the reason that that's going on, the separation of powers and that fight always back and forth, the tug and pull back and forth, is that so power is never concentrated in one area of the government in order to never have a one-party communist system or a, a Supreme Court, uh, a court that could run, uh, the have more power than they should have, or a president that has more power, where there's more concentrated power there. And that's why you'll see, you know, I, I, uh, somebody wrote an article yesterday about, you know, and all the Supreme, uh, this, an Atlantic writer wrote about the Supreme Court is now in charge. They're controlling everything because of the Dodds decision, mm-hmm. which, of course, is the opposite of what the Supreme Court did. Mm-hmm. They said, this goes back to the people. Supreme Court shouldn't be making, the Supreme Court that made the judgment on Roe v. Wade was wrong. They don't right. know when life begins. They right. don't know when right. life begins. Right. They can't tell you when life begins. We can't and we won't. That's up to the people. Uh, you know, when you the big questions of abortion, that's up to this, the people. We can't decide that. The legislative branch has to decide it, and that means through the people. And so they sent it back. They did the opposite of what the left is stating. And it, and was, it was so bad in the reaction to that, in the wake of that. AOC was out there complaining about the Supreme Court on that decision and then actually promoted what the Supreme Court suggested and didn't know it. (laughs) Didn't know it, no. We need to, this is why we need to take this up in Congress. That's exactly what the Supreme Court was saying. So on many, on on many economic issues, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when you get into it, you know, for example, um, you know, when you talk socialism, you know, a Keynesian economist, you know, and most people probably, huh, I'm not sure what that is. And, you know, you talk about capitalism, that's where the market controls the, the, the capital and Keynesian is more of a socialist society. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not getting into broad definitions or I'm getting into broad definitions here and not specific, but Keynesian where the belief is that government spending and government money is what actually 
moves an economy forward, which, of course, is ridiculous. It's the production of goods and services in a capitalist society, the creation of more wealth. And that more wealth that creates when you have to, the number of people have expanded, the, the the amount of money expands, but the amount of money is expanding based on the goods and services produced, so that money actually has backing. It, it's worth something because you're producing goods and services. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, that but that still takes a little bit. You're like, well, I'm not really sure what is goods and services. That gets a little complicated. But what isn't complicated is debt. Right. Everybody understands debt. Every adult understands debt. Mm-hmm. Every liberal understands debt. That's why... <laughs> They want their college loans wiped out. Up till recently, yeah. you understood mortgage debt. I understood mortgage <laughs> debt until a couple of weeks ago. Actually, you understand it better maybe than a lot of people <laughs> having recently paid off your mortgage. Yes, it was not yeah. forgiven yeah. or transferred. <laughs> I did not transfer my mortgage debt to anybody else. No, you did not. No, I did not. I want to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to, but, but debt's easily understood, which is why, you know, last year, uh, last year, the year before. <laughs> wow, time's mm-hmm. flying. This would have been September of twenty-one, right? Yeah. When when they 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 did polling on the public, and the public said this is what the child. Remember the expanded child tax credit, where they wanted to continue it. Yeah, and the right. majority of Americans yeah. said no mm-hmm. because it adds to inflation. Right, and I went, ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Americans understand debt and its relation, you know, and, and, and government spending and its relation to inflation. Right, so right. it's it's nothing is universal. There are people that are completely ignorant and have no idea how anything's wor- wor- anything works. They're also the willfully ignorant out there. Well, yeah, I know it's going to cause a problem down the line, but I need this now. Mm-hmm. I care about now, not down the road. Right. Well, you know what we're hitting right now? We're hitting down the road. Down yeah. the road's becoming now. Yeah. And who's suffering the most out of it? And this is when you said this last hour, you said, wow, you know, the Democrats always talk about, you know, they're, you know, we're not for the elite, we're not for the rich, but everything that they do with so many things, I won't say everything, but so many of the things that they do are based on helping and bailing out the rich. Right. And we mentioned the, co- or, or the, the well off mm-hmm. mentioned the college loans. That's the up people that go to college are the upper class of society. Right. The upper economic class. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that they're actually an upper class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are against, we need to make this clear, we are against the caste system here on Red Eye Radio. That's right. Yes, <laughs> we are. But if you have a college education, the odds that you will make a lot more money are obvious. They're there. They're proven. The statistics show it. I'll say and, that the average people on this program are against the caste system. <laughs> There are some of us. The peons. Yes. Some of us are, let's just say, neutral. Well, maybe this is an opportunity for me to use the word proletariat. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and, and I forgot where I was now. <laughs> Stop interrupting while I'm interrupting. Uh, 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 but, yeah, so, I mean, but there are people that are, are willfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. They know sure. what's coming, mm-hmm. but... They they either don't care, or many of them care about what's happening right now and what's happening well, today. And that's it, uh, which is exactly the why the political response is in the bubble of today because it only matters of the bubble of today. 
and and so you're there and then you know you can you can hope that you're going to politically you can cross your fingers and hope you're going to be uh the person that gets the applause for lying or you at one point get to the end of the road and you're Chris Christie having to tell the truth and those are the things where you know that's that's inevitably you get there one way or the other it just is the fact that that we will turn it off you know or too many people like i'm not hopefully i'm not included in that we'll turn it off and say okay uh i came home today after work uh my tv still works uh i still ate i'm still going to go to bed i'm going to work tomorrow uh my paycheck is still hitting um so far uh inflation wait what's this inflation you 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 see that adjustment to the point of what though in september of 21 people were saying well no we can't keep this up because it causes inflation right. and then the polls showed about 6 months ago they showed the polls saying well inflation's bad but we need the we government need to, to help bail us be, out because right but then they a, were, because people are drowning but then a few months later that changed again mm-hmm. and, but but and, this and, is what this is yeah. this is the problem is that and and it's why politically they don't know where to go because they don't know where the public is and the public looks at this because we've never been at at uh, this this generation hasn't been at these crossroads before never, where you never. have this kind of massive inflation again the February numbers of six percent year over year are added onto the seven point nine from last year it's a cumulative effect prices are going through the roof. And this is still a problem. Prices are still going up in February. Think about that. Prices are still going up. Yeah, we're in, we're now into at a healthy rate. Yeah, we're really we're now into two years of inflation. And, and yeah, yeah and it's years it is just and now we're think about that though. You just said something. That's two two years, years when yeah. we when we look at the seventies and and how inflation just went on and on and on, and you think, well, it went on for years. We're we're heading in. We're into that second year now, and there's no sign of it turning down. In fact, you have some people calling for the Fed to act in a way that right. would drive it even further. But when you said it, I mean, it, it, you know, the the Democrats. When you look at everything here, when you look at this bank thing, this is a bailout. Yep, it's it's a bailout for the their their rich uh, their rich friends in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and as Wall Street Journal pointed out, Democrat donors. You saw, yeah. you see the list of the board of directors. Oh yeah, it's like only one person had experience in banking. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, it's just, it's well, I, I, the you know the uh, it's funny because Gavin Newsom uh, kind of got mm-hmm. into some hot water. His yeah. uh, winery, uh, you know, uh, had some involvement with the Silicon Valley Bank, and the president of the bank uh, is uh, on the board or is a donor. I have to double check that. For his wife's charity, and so these are things that look, you know, you look at and and you say, okay, what are they? What are they actually doing? What are they pushing for? Well, they would love the left would love to have more control over the banks. They would have mm-hmm. loved because it is greater con- uh, control of the capital, and and that is a that's part of the mission statement overall. Yeah, but you can't get economic growth. Well, you you can't you won't get, economic get economic growth. Econ- but yeah, but the, the I just want to get to the before we break it because the point you had made before just about that that uh, on everything if you look at it 
college loans mm-hmm. favor the upper favor the upper economic class. Yeah, uh, you look at this favor the up and up the really the elite. You're talking mm-hmm. about people that had millions of dollars mm-hmm. deposited in this bank. So you're not talking about anybody who's poor at all. No, we need to bail them out. College loans, we need to bail them out. Who, electric vehicles, we uh, we need to uh, we need to uh, uh, subsidize so the upper economic class can buy electric vehicles because the lower economic class can't afford even the discounted uh, uh, you know electric vehicle out there. When you look at the whole climate change thing and focusing on solar and wind that is helping to skyrocket electricity prices, who does that hurt the most? And then they lie about the entire thing and say we can run on solar and wind, which you, you can't. That's the goal. Solar and wind by 2035 until the president had had nuclear, but nobody really discusses nuclear anymore. It's just the solar and wind because the N-word is a bad word when it comes to energy. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, you, you look at, you, you look at uh, that. You look at corporate taxes. You know, you look at, you know, that Biden wants to raise corporate. Oh, nobody's going to be affected. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing that they do with the bank here. Well, bank fees will go up. And so everybody, anybody who's in the banking system, you know, has to pay those fees, which means it's going to be passed on to the consumer somehow, which means it is going to affect it. And the same thing with corporate taxes. Oh, we're going to punish the corporations. It's a stealth tax that hurts the poor and the middle class the most. Everything that they do, and that's the thing we've often talked about corporate taxes. That's the big lie. That's the insidious lie because... They're lying to the people that they're punishing the corporations, yet it's a stealth tax on the poor, that, that uh, on everybody, but it's a stealth tax on everybody that hurts the poor the most. Right. And they get away with it all the time. And that's where I look to Mike, the last caller, saying, yeah, you're right. There is, you know, there is a dumbing down because they don't realize it. Oh, yeah, we're punishing. We're punishing the rich. We're punishing the rich. No, it's a stealth tax on you. The middle class and the poor always get hurt the worst. Yeah. Green upgrades for your home. Well, who can afford those? The rich. The rich. Yeah. They get yeah. tax incentives, greater yeah. tax incentives now after the first of the year. And then in return, also, they're banning and limiting the use and outlawing in the future the use of traditional forms of energy. Who does that hurt the most? Yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. Uh, red eye if uh, you would like to uh, get in ton of other things that uh, we've got coming up the liberal transgender activist movement yeah. uh, debate yeah just blew there were so many different articles on it yesterday mm. we'll get to some of that plus uh, uh biden uh where was it was he on colbert where was he on friday night where he went after uh desantis and said what desantis is doing in florida is sinful oh yeah, how DeSantis yeah. struck yeah. back. Yeah, can't win this one. No, no, the, no, no, the no. left thinks they can. Win. They're not, they can't win this one with the American public, and we'll hit that and a whole bunch more coming up. Eight six six ninety Red Eye.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app and you can listen when and where you wish. And thank you. Uh, if you can't listen uh, live overnight. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, here it is, James Comer. Treasury report. I almost said Comey. Uh, Treasury reports show Biden family made millions from Chinese from a Chinese company after 2016. The Biden family business received a three million dollar wire transfer from a Chinese energy company and subsequent payments after President Joe Biden left the vice presidency in 2017. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer announced upon receiving. The suspicious activity reports from the Treasury Department this week. Hmm. U.S. banks have flagged over 150 of these suspicious activity reports from Hunter and James Biden that include large amounts of money flagged for further review. According to a 2020 Senate report, uh, SARS, as I call it, uh, often contained evidence of potential criminal activity, such as money laundering and fraud. Hmm. According to the bank documents we've already attained, we know one company owned by a Biden associate received a $3 million wire from a Chinese energy company two months after Joe Biden left the vice presidency, Comer said in a statement. Soon after, hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments went to members of the Biden family. Hmm. The Biden family had previously negotiated a deal with CF, CEFC uh, from which uh, Joe Biden, big guy, would receive 10% equity stake in a joint venture with Hunter's former business partner, Tony Bobulinski. In 2017, Hunter earned a million-dollar legal retainer for, uh, from the company's uh, chairman. Uh, Hunter also received a large diamond that was estimated at $80,000 in February of 2017, and that was right after, you know, Biden was out of office. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Nobody was looking because everybody was, at that point, it was all Trump colluded with the Russians. Yeah, right. Uh, the uh, these uh, SARS, the SARS also, as they call it, also likely show money paid to Hunter and James Biden for their work with the Ukrainian energy company. In April of 2014, Hunter joined the board of Burisma just two years before Joe Biden stated he forced the firing of the prosecutor investigating Burisma. Despite Hunter's lack of experience in Ukraine or the energy sector, he was paid $83,000 per month by the energy company or $1 million a year just weeks after his father announced uh, was announced the point person on uh, U.S. Uh, policy uh, towards Ukraine. We are going to continue to use the bank documents and suspicious activity reports to follow the money trail to determine the extent of the Biden family's business schemes. If Joe Biden is compromised by these deals, 
uh, well, to see if Joe Biden is compromised by these deals and if there is a national security threat. Hmm. You start getting into the money amounts of what exists there, and that's where you get the public's concern. Yeah. The public right. already believes that the president has enriched himself and his family through mm-hmm. being in office. Yeah. Yep. And, and the public already, they don't, they, there's, there isn't really a debate out there. Nobody, there isn't, I don't know, one Democrat who is defending Joe Biden for these payments and saying they were legit. I do remember somebody in the media. Was it on The View? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Somebody did say, they were trying to make the comparison, well, Trump uses his name to make money. Why can't Biden use his name to make money? Yeah. Uh, I, I saw Vanity Fair had an article, I think it was yesterday, that it posted. And uh, the headline was something to the effect that the GOP hypocrisy on the whole Hunter Biden thing is becoming ridiculous. Basically, you know, that pointing, well, look at, look, they all do it and blah, 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 blah. But nobody is defending, nobody is saying that the Biden family didn't enrich themselves. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, well, they all do it. Uh, Trump did it. No, these are, these are very different scenarios with Hunter Biden. And everybody knows it. Well, yeah, because Trump is legitimately in in a construction business, in the hotel business, and the resort business. All you know, he's been around the world. Right. So there's a whole different ball game uh, on on uh, on on that. Uh, because uh, if uh, what do they call it when things are held in not escrow? What was it? Is it escrow? What do they call it uh, when you when you give when you become president and you have? Remember, he gave it to his sons to do it. Right, they were. It was put into a. Was it a, a trust, trust? Trust. It was a. Yeah, it was right. a, tr- a type of trust. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and so with that particular. But anything that Trump did, remember when anybody would use the Trump Hotel in Washington, the Democrats were going crazy about it. Yeah, remember that. Right. Okay, you, he can't make he can't make money based on anything to do with his presidency, right? Or his his uh, office. And then it came up. Well, uh, uh, Jared Kushner uh, made money in a Saudi deal. Fine, investigate it. Right. Go ahead, investigate it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We're all for it. Right. Yeah. I don't have a problem with no. that at all. No. He, he no. If you invest in investigate it all. You've yep. investigated everything else in Trump right. about Trump. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you investigate this? Why you know go it, ahead, investigate look, it. I, and and that's it. <clears throat> there because are, I because you look at it and <clears throat> and the conversations around Hunter are not Hunter didn't do that. They are, yeah, but, and pointing, you know, to somebody else saying that someone did, okay, well, then great. Let's see what all of them did. And then the people can make their comparison as such. Right. And that's the way it works. And, and if you say, well, it's, it's, it's politics because Republicans have the house, well then have Democrats in the Senate investigate it. Sure. Yeah. They can uh, the 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 uh, the uh, Senate Democrats can uh, can investigate the whole Jared Kushner thing yeah, and let the House take on Hunter Biden. Yep, go ahead. I'm all for so, that. So that that's I mean that's an that's an easy answer. Yep, that's not you know it's no it's, know, it, it's like when it came up the other day and uh, who said it because we just we just talked about this yesterday who was who came up and said well. Some of the same people that are against 
that are against college loans uh, for the, for uh, that are against college loans are for bailing out the rich depositors of these banks. Yeah. And my first question was, who? Yeah. Yeah. They're certainly not conservative. Who are these people? Right. Who yeah. are, oh, I know. I saw that. That was a mm-hmm. National Review. Well, no, we're against both. Right. We're conservatives. We're against uh, both bailouts. Right. And then that died. I mean, that just, uh, it was almost as if somebody had like uh, a, a view emotional response, which was like, no, it doesn't apply. Oh, never mind. Next. Right. What's the next narrative? Sorry, we didn't think that narrative out. So let's go to the next one. Right. And, you know, I look, no, again, there is. Nowhere for them to go. The evidence on on Hunter Biden, which leads to the president and and legitimately presents the question as to whether or not the current president is compromised. You can't defend it. When your answer is, but Jared Kushner. Fine. You investigated Trump on everything. Right. Why can't Biden be investigated? Yeah. So let's talk about your. So you can go back and forth on the hypocrisy. Yep. But if you think you have something, well, then have the Senate do it. Yeah. Have the Senate look at it. Hypocrisy isn't against the law. Yeah. Hypocrisy may, uh, I don't know, be against your own moral standards. But we look at the the moral standards uh, for a uh, and, and I would just say standards in general. Enriching your family. And and these all of these were, you know, uh, if you look at the deals that Hunter Biden was involved in. This wasn't him and his business. He was hired. He was paid to do things that he wasn't qualified to do. Right. There was only re- one reason, and it's because his daddy at the time was vice president. He had no qualifications for anything, right? That he was doing at all. I hear there was he's no a reason. good painter, but right. I can't tell you that for sure. Right. As far as I know, Barisma doesn't sell paintings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's they all have businesses that they are involved in, but Hunter wasn't involved. He wasn't qualified to do these things he wasn't being paid for his decades long experience or a massive uh you know set of companies that he was associated with that his family built and put into place look here here's here's the problem with hunter biden we've said it many times before the problem with hunter biden is the 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 fact of the the media number one bearing the story and the Democrats wanting to bury the story and the friendly media to the Democrats burying a story, burying a story that was true. Yeah. And everybody knew. And, and, and at the point, you know, they all know that the laptop is legit. You know, they all know. Exactly. They all know it's legit. And, and, uh, and, and so the laptop exists out there. No matter how they try to say, well, was it possible that somebody could have gotten into this and could one thing be? I mean, it was pitiful last week watching the Democrats yeah. trying to get out of it. It was really, right. it was really, really bad. It was like, that's really, really poor. Uh, but when you when you look at the fact that not only do the emails exist, that nobody is 
at all saying isn't true. The emails exist. The text messages exist. The voicemail exists from the president that shows he got caught in the lie. And that's the big problem for the right. president. Yep. He still states he knew nothing about his son's business dealings. Mm-hmm. Well, he did. He lied. He's lying about that every time he says that. Why is he lying would be the next question. Right. Why would, why would you be lying if you did? You, because it's obvious you did. It's obvious you're not saying that the the voice message, uh, the voicemail, is is a forgery. Right. Nobody is nobody is picking apart any of the current evidence that exists. Plus, you have people, including Tony Bobulinski, that are willing to go under oath that worked with Biden, saying money went to yeah. Joe Biden. Right. Money was targeted to go to Joe Biden. Right. While he was even vice president. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with the Hunter Biden thing. It's not about Hunter Biden. It's about no, Joe Biden. It's about Joe it's about Biden. What leads, it's about what leads to Joe Biden. And it's not just about, I mean, there's one thing about you yourself benefiting out of it. Because if you didn't report that, that's <laughs> that's tax. <clears throat> that's a tax charge there. But the fact is, there is no difference in influence, influence peddling, whether you're enriching yourself or enriching your entire family. Exactly. It's still wrong and the public views it as wrong. Right. It may not rise to the level of criminal behavior. We'll find that out soon or not. Yep. But did it cross the line? 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to Sam in, uh, Sam in San Antonio about uh, the uh, the banks, inflation, and more. Hi, Sam. Welcome. Hey, yeah. Thanks. Love you guys' show. Thanks for having me on. Just wanted to make a quick point. Um, you know, I agree with you guys. There's a There were a lot of rich folks and VCs that were involved in S- Silicon Valley Bank. But uh, unfortunately, there were a lot of small businesses, too, that were kind of didn't know they had exposure Silicon Valley Bank because the top three payroll providers all ran their accounts through SVB. So, you know, like mm-hmm. like my business uh, here in San Antonio, Texas, who we bank with Wells Fargo, but we run our payroll through one of those big three payroll providers and come to find out they, they ran through Silicon Valley Bank. And so payroll that we had to run, you know, for middle of the month, they took out on Thursday or Friday last week. Uh, went to Silicon Valley Bank and couldn't get access to to it. So for us and probably hundreds or thousands of others, small business that have nothing to do with California or those guys out there, VCs and whatnot, uh, still were unable to pay their people because their their funds went through Silicon Valley Bank. Now, have you got the funds yet? <clears throat> uh, no, we had to run the payroll twice and so we paid the funds twice, and uh, uh, you know, luckily we were under the two hundred fifty thousand dollar amount for um, mid month payroll. So I think we'll get that back. But no, so, uh, we had to pay it, uh, pay well, that payroll well, a second time. I, you know, I don't want I don't want to get into too much into your business. I don't want to you know get personal. But are, are you stating that you you deposit into that bank, or you paid the payroll service? into an account in the payroll service and they ran it through the bank because that technically would not be a deposit that way, right? 
Well, yeah. So we pay the payroll service, and there's there's three big ones. You know, Gusto, right. Rippling, uh, ADP, the others. Um, but they uh, a lot of small business outsource their payroll to those companies, and they pull the funds out. You know, about five days before payrolls due, and then they distribute it to the, all the employees and to taxes and whatnot. But the accounts that they're distributing distributing that payroll from is through Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, so all right. When all they right. pulled the funds from ours, you know, they pulled the funds from our account, say Wells Fargo, on uh, on Thursday, it would go to a Silicon Valley Bank, which failed on Friday, mm-hmm. and then they didn't, they call us up and say, sorry, we can't, we don't have access to those funds that we just pulled out of your account. We can't pay your people on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So... We had to pay twice, and a lot of I know a lot of companies, um, you know, and friends that I work with, uh, other business owners, had the same thing. We had to pay payroll a second time, mm-hmm. um, and luckily we could afford to do that, but not everybody could. So a lot of a lot of small business were included in those. Oh, we uh, know, yeah, account that we, we know that. I just I just I just, I just I just wonder how yours is viewed as a deposit in that bank, if if you're because it's it's almost money being transferred through the bank, and not. An actual deposit. Yeah, because when you fund your payroll, you fund it into Wells Fargo, not into the the bank, uh, the the failed bank, Silicon Valley. Oh no! So, yeah, yeah. When we receive uh, payments from clients and whatnot, that goes into Wells Fargo. But mm-hmm. to pay well to pay payroll, mm-hmm. they're going to pull that out of Wells Fargo. They hold it in Silicon Valley Bank for a couple of days. And then they distribute it out to all the employees. Right, but that's and, their and they that's pay, the payroll company's credit. account, not not your account, correct? That's that's correct. Okay. But because the yeah. payrolls account because the because the payroll companies run their accounts through Silicon Valley Bank, right. those funds were inaccessible. So right, they right. couldn't sure. pay. Right, right, okay, yeah, they're inaccessible. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my I guess point, we're, we were yeah. trying to build out yeah. the, the protection that your company might have uh, with the FDIC. And and yeah. really, the protection is afforded to the payroll company. It's their account, but but you know sure. they. But, but that's, that's going uh, to be your funds terror. that benefit from that, and 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 that's where that would be returned. Yeah, okay. correct. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, no. but it's per depositor. So if they run, you know, yeah. dozens of small business through one account, then that's going to be on you know the fifteenth of every month. That account is going to have way over two hundred fifty thousand in it. Uh, before it distributes out to yeah, all the employees, right, right. So, if it's not set up yeah, correctly, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. There's, there's both kinds. There's, there's, you know, you got really wealthy folks that have funds just sitting in there and venture mm-hmm. capital or whatnot, and then you have small business that's, you know, unrelated to VC and unrelated to California that are also exposed inadvertently because they run their payroll through through these big three and and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate thing, and I'm glad they were able to sort it out. But yeah. Wasn't for the uh, for the bailout in any way, but but certainly it had it had wider impact. Yeah. Well, thank no, thanks a for lot of people realize. Thanks for calling us and letting us know. That's really interesting. Well, and the, and yeah. the clientele base of those payroll companies is going to demand answers, and those payroll companies will be changing their practices and where they bank. That will be reviewed. I guarantee you, because there's absolutely they they get into a massive liability. And if you believe that you're not going to be able to fund that and you have already taken those funds from that employer, then you're going to get into some federal employment laws that you could be facing. No, it's a good point. Might yeah. Right.
Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Let's talk to Don in uh, Las Vegas uh, about uh, the Hunter Biden uh, situation and uh, the, uh, the, the latest of the information that Republicans have received. Hi, Don. Good morning. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. So I've, I have 20 years in banking. Here in Las Vegas, two friends recently visited. Between the three of us, we have 75 years in banking. And between the three of us, in that 75 years of banking, we have issued a total of four SAR reports. So the odds of somebody having 150 against them are just astronomical. I mean, if somebody has 10 against them, it's astronomical if they're clean. In addition to that, I would venture to guess that 90% of SAR reports have to do with currency, meaning somebody depositing too much cash into their account, mm. raising suspicions, not not wires. So the fact that you know bankers did their job and reported these suspicious activities with incoming wires is, is a boon to their integrity, especially given the last names involved. I'm sure a lot of reports didn't get filed because of what the last name was on the participants. Wow. No, that's interesting because I I haven't been in the banking business for uh, almost 50 years now, 45 years, and and, uh, never dealt with SARS. But that's really interesting from the banking perspective because what what you're saying is when you're in the banking business and you've dealt with this, it's serious stuff when it happens. Yeah. Yes. And it's one of those things where if we had a crazy feeling about something and didn't report it. And it came out later. It's like, why didn't you do this? That would be the end of our careers. Mm. So there's a strong incentive to report these things. Yeah, sure. Wow. Yep. Well, thank yep. you so much. Yep. Appreciate, appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Greg in Tallahassee, Greg, uh, Florida. That is Greg. Welcome here on Red Eye radio. Hi. Permit me to piggyback on Don in Vegas. And I am citing the HBO Max documentary, Pelosi in the House, July 2019. The reason Senate Democrats don't want this investigated is it would overturn or delegitimize the first impeachment hearing since President Trump has already declassified. And I found on Google the transcript of the Ukraine call. And right on page one, he's asking about Hunter Biden. So you know this has been a week or month of White House campaign promise disarray since Vice President Kamala Harris is still booked for the late show with Stephen Colbert tonight. Please pull clips. Well, Love I, your show. Yeah, thank, thanks so much. I, I appreciate it. Look, I, I don't believe that the first impeachment is their major concern. I'm not saying it's not because we have stated we stated when the first impeachment happened. Uh, when it when it happened, we said, nope, sorry, it's not a legit impeachment. No. Now what we know, but not even investigating any further from what we know about Hunter Biden, it was totally legit that the president look at, at Ukraine and say, this looks like it's dirty. And uh, because it does look like it's dirty. We know influence peddling happened. We know money flowed from Ukraine and China in to the 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 the, the Biden family both when he was vice president and after he was vice president. And and so the question is why? And it's up to hundreds of millions of dollars. But the reason I'm saying, look, that's part of it. That they might, But the part that really worries them 
is the fact that now with the money amounts coming and and when when you know the SARS report you're going to have to start covering it eventually you're going to tell, what did CBS cover the, the other day that we went wow was it Biden what was it what did they do? remember Catherine Harridge did a report and we went whoa mm. now the uh, now now the mainstream media is on it and it's like okay you just you can only you you can only not run these things for so long before right. before you're left in in the, in in the dust so right. uh i think the major concern of democrats is this destroys their any chance of 2024 look they believe they won the narrative back then they're political activists mm-hmm. they don't care if it comes mm-hmm. out now and says well this this sort of exonerates trump they don't care they're way beyond that yeah. they're worried about the future they're worried about 2024 and everybody's jumped now behind biden and this could cripple that campaign completely when the money amounts start coming out and as the Republicans continue the investigation on it. Not only that, but when you start bringing out the money and if you can connect the dots and you can get the witnesses stating that you know this money was made and then you find the electronic transfers and who they went to in the Biden family and whether they reported that income... Because then you've got major tax crimes at that particular point. That's what they're thinking because then that leads to every, that opens up the door to everything, including what the media did, what Twitter did, what Facebook did, the censoring of it, the FBI's role in it. Because if it gets to that point, and I'm sure a lot of Democrats don't know, but they're scared as hell that it does lead to that point. They don't want it to go any further. Now we were talking, you know, you were talking about the the uh, the Democrats in the the Democrats in the the Senate. Mm-hmm. We were referring to the Democrats in the Senate if they wanted to, you know, because that was what you heard. Well, uh, uh, Hunter, oh, wh- wh- what about uh, Jared Kushner and his dealings with Saudi Arabia? And we said, go ahead, have the Democrats in the Senate. You want to investigate that? Go ahead. You know, want to make it partisan? Fine. If, right. But we're not talking about hypocrisy. We're talking about. We're talking about influence peddling and possible laws broken. Much more evidence exists in the real world, and the dots have been connected to Hunter Biden and the Biden family and Joe Biden with witnesses, emails, texts, voicemail. And now, and that's just what we and, know so and, far. Right. And now the SARS reports mm-hmm. that now the Republicans have. That's really damning, and yeah, yeah. and influence. There doesn't have to be any law broken, right? If the president is taking money from China, and you can document the wire transfers as the, now they're going to be able to do, and who these wire transfers went from, and who backs these Chinese energy companies. Remember, uh, <laughs> impeachment is a political process. Mm-hmm. But that, if that was going on, even if not, if there were no tax laws, if he reported all the income and everybody reported the income, that's not acceptable to the American public. Right. Now, I don't know if they find out a year from now whether it's true, whether they touch that or just go, nope, let it, let it, uh, let it destroy the 2024 election. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what they're really scared about. This destroys, and this destroys any credibility and gives ammunition Number one to the Republican Party that you can't, 
it would take years to replay to to repair in the Democratic Party well, because everything from the FBI would be related to everything Trump related, the FBI's bias against Republicans, and then all of it would be a cover up that you can back up with the actual you know that's uh, why you're transfer evidence. Yeah, that's the problem because you you touched on something, and if the political play is for the rest of the party to go look, if this falls on Biden, it falls on Biden. He loses in twenty four. And then we just kind of uh, rebuild for 28 in terms of a White House bid. The problem with that is the fallout on the party will be everywhere. There's no way to escape it. And and the reason is, is because of the timeline of events. This goes back to when he was vice president, when Obama was in office uh, it goes all the way through when he was not in office as a vice president up until the point that he started running and everything else. You look at that and add that up as to what was going on with, with, with the prominent people, the big actors in the Democratic Party. There's no way that that fallout doesn't taint the entire party. They can try, and I can already hear it. Well, my gosh, we didn't know this about the Biden family. Oh, they we didn't know oh, this was going they, on. They try to throw them under the bus like uh-huh. that. Once you're once you're not useful anymore, you're gone. Of course, right. and I think that's I, I think that could be a play if you know if things fall out. But you're not going to get away with it because too it required too many people along the way that knew it was going on. That's the problem. And, is that it wasn't a secret. That his son was was doing all these things. That was not a secret. And it certainly wasn't a secret inside the Democratic Party. To the extent that when the story fell out from the New York Post, there was an all-out effort, including the FBI, to shut it down. And when you get to everything that's happened even now with the classified documents and the preferential yeah, treatment that... Right that uh that uh, uh uh biden got on it and what were in these uh documents here so you what you're talking about is full corruption across the board like never like never has been seen where the media cooperating with the democratic party not yeah. to release a story that they claim was false and 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 uh was actually true and the fbi's involvement in it across the board you know everything that and you get to the final point well what's the final point well now we've got the evidence of the actual wire transfers that went to this person this person this person we now know specifically how much people in the biden family were you know got from this deal and this deal and this deal and who got it and who reported this as income and who didn't report it as 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 income it is so damning that it would absolutely destroy the 2024 prospects not just for the presidency but also the senate in the house yeah yeah because it would deflate the democratic party going into 2024 yeah there are yep. probably a lot of people there are probably some democrats saying let's get this thing done right now because then we can throw gavin newsom in and he can separate himself or whoever they wish to to use 
then it, then it would be, be Gavin Newsom. Oh, the white guy's going to replace Kamala Harris. She had nothing to do you, with this. You can't leapfrog over yeah. the VP. You know, that, and that, so, they're not going to the, the liberal media is not going to allow that. The, the view will not the have view, it. The view won't have it. No, the view <laughs> won't have it. And if the view won't have it, then the, it is not going to happen. The view represents the critical thinking females of America. Uh-huh. I think people recognize sarcasm. Did I have the proper sarcastic tone in there? Probably not. Maybe. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. So, uh, uh, yeah, when you uh, when you look at it, uh, Democrats are you know concerned with what's coming up. They're concerned. They're concerned about the election. Yeah, and and uh, the fact that they would be that they would be uh, you know tainted by it because mm-hmm. it's br- when you think about it, when you connect all the tentacles, it relates to Hunter Biden to Joe Biden, mm-hmm. which is you know. The FBI, yeah, and their role in yeah. in keeping the story, right. uh, you know, uh, keeping the story quiet or censoring the story, mm-hmm. and you know them them with Twitter because this all relates to social media. You know, you know this this story and COVID yeah. are the, the yeah. is what makes it such a huge scandal that America is concerned about, right? And the polls show Americans across the board are concerned with the censoring and the government being involved in it. And then last week, you know, just watching the Democrats promoting censorship. I mean, yeah, it was it's, right. it's just bizarre. They are lost right now. And so I believe that there is legitimate fear from Democrats, which is why they're acting. They don't know what to do. This is another case, just like in the banking, the, 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 the Fed and the president, the administration, they don't know what to do with this because now you've got inflation on one side and the possibility of more failures of banks if they raise the interest rate, they don't know what to do, and it was all caused by government. Yeah. Same thing here. Right. You, you, you're talking the FBI. You're uh, uh, being part of the the intimidation of 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 censoring at social media, the social media censoring uh, of it. Uh, uh, you know uh, themselves. You can go back to impeachment and say because we asked the question. It's now a legit question. Was was Trump impeached to hide what was going on in Ukraine? Right. With the to, let's pay attention to what's going on over here, not over here. How many Democrats knew? We knew this. The State Department way back during the Obama administration was concerned with Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. How many more Democrats knew what right. was going on? Right. How wide ranging in the Biden family? Because they say there's multiple members more now than what we know. Apparently is what came out yesterday, that had received funds all across the board. What's the total outlay here? What about all the, you know, you're talking when you take all the money that went to the foundations, the Penn Biden Center, University of Delaware, and then the Biden family, you're talking over $100 million. The American public goes, what the hell are the Chinese, you know, giving over 100 And that's just the Chinese alone. 
Yeah. What about other countries out there that may not be favorable to the United States or were corrupt? How much money? Yeah. That's no, a I bad mean, one. It, it kicks a, a whole yeah. new door open on this whole thing. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, so we're we're talking about Biden and the legal problems uh, and political problems that uh, he may have. Now let's move to Donald Trump. All right. And one of the things that everybody is trying to figure out is where is Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg going? You know, what is what is he trying to get on on Trump? You know, we we heard that uh, that, uh, uh, you know, Steve Cohen had testified. You mm-hmm. saw that, right? Yeah, Michael, Cohen. Be Michael, right? Mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Cohen. Cohen yes, uh, Michael Cohen testified on Monday. And, and, you know, it was last week that, well, since they asked Trump to testify and he's not going to, it shows that they may be close to an indictment. So I was wondering, what is it going to be? Well, the Wall Street Journal tries to answer that question. Mm. What in the world would they be looking at? Mm-hmm. And I can make a great analogy on it because I thought about this a little while ago. I went, oh, I think I have an analogy here. Okay. A, a, a comparison to make. All right. Because... They they their headline is Trump's legal peril in Manhattan. If prosecutor Alvin Bragg's case is this much of a stretch, he should think twice. Now, this is the Wall Street Journal editorial yeah, page, right? And knowing the Wall Street Journal editorial page, if Trump committed a crime, they'd say prosecute. Yeah, if you know them, right? If you know the Wall Street Journal right, editorial right, page, right? They've criticized Trump. At every turn when they disagree with them. I mean, that's that's their reputation. Says, here it is. News reports, they've gone through, you know, they take everything that they've been able to read on this and say, news reports say Mr. Bragg is considering a charge of falsifying business records. The gist would be that Mr. Trump's $130,000 hush money to Stormy Daniels in 2016 wasn't accounted for properly. When Mr. Cohen was sentenced to prison in 2018, federal prosecutors said that after he paid off uh, Ms. Daniels, he was reimbursed in monthly installments disguised as payments for legal services performed pursuant to a retainer when, in fact, no such retainer existed. That's a quote. From the actual court, all right, or, the, or from the federal prosecutors. They write here, but falsifying business records in New York is typically a misdemeanor. 
to become a felony, prosecutors would have to prove the books were cooked with an intent to commit another crime or to aid or conceal the commission thereof, of another crime. In Mr. Trump's case, what is his second crime? The suggestion in the press is that Mr. Bragg might say it's a campaign finance violation, that the cash to Ms. Daniels was an impermissible donation hmm. to Mr. Trump's presidential bid. Really? I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal now. Mm-hmm. Really? An elected Democratic prosecutor is going to indict a Republican former president and a 2024 contender allegedly alleging a felony that could put him in prison and it would boil down to a campaign finance violation? That would be some legal precedent. To the public, it would sound as if Mr. Bragg is scrambling to come up with a legal theory to fit a target he has already decided he wanted to charge. Mr. Trump might argue in court that the payoff to Ms. Daniels was mainly a personal expense, motivated by a desire to stop a blow-up with his wife. Hmm. And did Mr. Trump have an intent to breach campaign finance law? Even the New York Times, which threw fairness out the window during the Trump year, reports, quote, the case against the former president hinges on an untested and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws. All getting to the point, even if you could prove that, of amounting to a low-level felony, if you could convince a jury of that. Right. Now, perhaps Mr. Bragg has gathered more substantial evidence than the news leaks are letting on. But if Mr. Bragg tries to bootstrap a violation of campaign law into a felony, half the country would conclude that the Manhattan DA is engaged in politics by other means. He'd be running the risk that at least one juror might refuse to play ball. Mr. Bragg could go down as a man who stretched the law to indict a former president and then lost. Uh, None of this is a substantive defense of allegedly uh, allegedly paying off a former mistress and then disguising the transaction. Mr. Trump, for the record, denies that any fling uh, with her took place. Whatever the case, a criminal code isn't an all-purpose tool for righting moral wrongs, and in the political arena, voters will have the uh, final say. Now, Mr. Cohen went to prison, but the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York said he also hid $4 million from the IRS and lied to bankers to get a $500,000 loan. The feds have in charge Mr. Trump uh, for an affair with Stormy Daniels, and perhaps there's a good legal reason. Well, and that's it, because what you're doing, the first thing that hit me, as they point out here, the editorial board of the Washington, uh, or the Wall Street Journal, when you look at the layout of it, well, who was responsible for those books? We're talking about the books kept by Mr. Cohen. Because if because what they're saying is that Cohen was sentenced to prison in 2018 after he paid off Ms. And, and by the way, they also point out later, as you just pointed out, that's why I don't like the way this sentence was structured. 
after he paid out Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Daniels. That's not why he went to jail. So I would restructure that sentence. But that he was reimbursed in monthly installments, disguised as payments for legal services performed pursuant to a retainer when, in fact, no such retainer existed. Who's responsible for the management of those documents? The lawyer. Where would the charge for Trump come in? That's, you know, because if we're talking about Cohen, who, again, uh, he's already gone to jail for other things that he did, he was responsible for, you're looking at a, 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 you're looking for, in this case, a pattern of behavior, but you start with the question, who's responsible for documenting any of these transactions? Well, here's how I looked at it. I went right back to Hillary. Let's apply the same thing to her. Now, I'm not trying to, this is not the hypocrite game. I'm I'm trying to find a similar situation uh, to to Trump if, Let's say this is all true of Trump. Okay, mm-hmm. let's say he did he did all these things. He he uh, he uh, 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 paid off that uh, that Cohen paid off Stormy Daniels. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's say, and I'm going to say for the sake of the 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 legal discussion that he had the affair. I don't know whether he did or not. Then the question would be, why did he pay him off? But let's say he had the affair, didn't want it to become known. Why didn't he want it to become known? Probably for his wife. Right? Mm-hmm. Was it because he for political office? Probably not. He's weathered. He's weathered worse than that. Well, or so it, it, I, I don't know. It could. It could be for well, if he's running at that time and it's a recent okay, affair. Then, all right. Okay. Right. Well, then it would be personal or political. Right. Yes. All right. And and so and you you and and so he paid off. He 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 paid off uh, the the lawyer, hmm. uh, but then. In his own records, that probably weren't a part of tax law or anything like that. It's not like he signed a tax document, but in his own records, he put it. You know, this is what that was for. Now let's go to the Hillary campaign. The Hillary campaign funneling money through uh, Perkins Coie, the law firm, and that being sent to uh, you know was I I can't think of the name of it. Uh, who hired Christopher Steele? Perkins Coie? No, Perkins Coie funneled the money to... Fusion op- GPS. Fusion GPS, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Whew, a lot to remember over the years. Uh, but the Hillary campaign, so let's say Hillary or somebody else knew. Somebody knew that money was being transferred and knew that it was going for one purpose and it wasn't going for that purpose. Remember, they've already been fined thousands of dollars for that campaign. They admitted they violated campaign finance laws. Right. They admitted that... They wrote it differently than it was supposed to be written. They said it was going for one thing and it went to the other thing. Exactly what, you know, they're claiming Trump did. Now, we know without question there was no personal thing here. It was all political. But the money going from Hillary in the campaign to Perkins Coie is a business transaction, is it not? Mm. So they're trying to make the case. Would Bragg make the case? Or did anybody try to make the case? We never even thought of this when we when we viewed it. We always said it'd be a campaign, even though it was a political dirty trick, because the, we know what happened with the dossier. It was all a lie, but it was financed by the Hillary campaign and the DNC. Right. Somebody had to approve that. Whoever approved it and then sent the check, whether it was Hillary or somebody underneath her, mm. did they commit business fraud? 
because there's a political element of it, but then there is the business transaction of your hiring that attorney to do something under false, and, and your records that you put on it are false. Now, they may be political records, but Trump's was personal. This wasn't a business transaction in either case for a for-profit company working with the for-profit company. Right. Either way. Right. So if you're not going to go after, and, and I'm trying to, I just, I thought about this during the bottom or the, during the top of the hour. So I, I, there may be a flaw in my argument, but I don't see one here at the moment in comparing the two. Because there's, if, if they're going to claim it was a business transaction, and I'm like, well, where's the business transaction? Oh, okay. He has hired a lawyer. They have a business relationship there. Well, for a personal problem, but it's still a business relationship. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he's trying to make that jump. Well, then you can make the jump to Hillary, even though it's political. It is a business transaction between one entity and another because the lawyer firm is taking a cut out of it. People are taking cut out of that money for profit motive down the road. Yeah, and and to answer, uh, possibly answer one of my previous questions, the way they phrase this here in the Wall Street Journal is that uh, Cohen paid off Ms. Daniels and he was re- reimbursed, quote, in monthly installments disguised as payments for legal service or services performed pursuant to a retainer when, in fact, there was no such uh, no such retainer existed. Then the question would be, is that from your, what you're saying is that the payer, this being Trump, paying his lawyer, in order to get Trump, it would have to be anything he documented. So he puts it in his memo or in his ledger that it's going for lawyer retainer. Now, now my question would be how how much of the how many of the payments did all the payments to Mr. Cohen fall under retainer? Because when you hire a lawyer, what they'll tell you, this is the way it works. You keep a retainer at a certain level. Now, you hire at this level, he's got basically Cohen is on payroll, but you keep that retainer funded. Okay? As they bill out the hours and deplete that retainer, you ref- you fund that retainer. Okay? So let's say that the minimum retainer for someone like Cohen is, let's just say, $100,000 if you're a billionaire and you're going to hire Michael Cohen. Well, he goes out and he spends, you know, whatever he spends. Trump, the intent, and this is, I think, probably what they're getting to, the editorial board here, but, but maybe not. Maybe I'm adding something to it. My question would be, every payment you make to your lawyer is to replenish the retainer. What they take and do with that money, whether it's billing hours or use those funds to pay something out, comes from what you funded in that retainer. Yeah, I don't know. And, and that's the thing, is that you would have to, you would have to show that he knew it wasn't going to refund that retainer, that it was going to be well, they're saying a, no, a they're, direct, that yeah. it was only for the, well, if he was writing every, if every check on his ledger that he wrote to Cohen, that Trump was writing to Cohen, he marked 
retainer, then it's going to be a hard, you're going to be hard pressed to to even find what they're claiming. Yeah, but my my point is to make the comparison to even filing the charge to begin with, because that that's saying that if I hire, let's say, uh. It, 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 I'll put myself in the situation that mm-hmm. I I want my lawyer to pay off someone, mm-hmm. and and they've been my lawyer, mm-hmm. and whether they're on retainer or not, there's a there is a, a sense of a business transaction. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that in my own personal checkbook, if I put that I'm paying him for one thing, that the feds can come and they can charge the not the feds, but a state prosecutor come in and charge me and come into my records and technically. I have broken the law. I it, for that's, my own. Well, th- that's my for, whole. For that's my, my whole it's, point. It's not a tax form. I'm not. I'm not lying on my taxes. I'm not. It's right. got, got nothing. Yeah. Not reporting income. Why would? Because it wasn't. And that's why I'm saying with the Hillary case, Hillary. And here it is: the Democratic National Committee and Hillary's 2016 presidential campaign have agreed to collectively pay 113 thousand in fines to settle a federal election commission investigation into whether they violated campaign fine law. Uh, finance laws in describing funding for opposition research on Donald Trump, according to documents posted by the an attorney for the conservative group that filed the complaint. The FEC said found probably ca- probable cause that the Clinton campaign and the DNC were in the wrong for misrepresenting the purpose of certain disper- d- d- disbursements, which means they lied. They had they falsified business. If you're going to compare it to Trump, well, they falsified business. They had a relationship they with Perkins Coie. They knew Cooey. it was going, and they and, knew, and they knew where, where it was that going. money was yes. going. That's my whole point on the retainer. Which which is why the Wall Street Journal or people in the know say, well, my God, you could make that for any federal election uh, campaign. You could say the same thing. And that's the first thing I thought of was you could say the same thing for Hillary. Nobody thought up that innovative charge. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So... Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But like I said, when I looked at it and just went, okay, let's look at Hillary Clinton there. Okay. Nobody ever even thought about this. If that's what he's looking at, I agree with the Wall Street Journal. That is a, that is a stretch beyond all stretches. Well, but it's, 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 uh, for Bragg, it's right up his alley because here's a guy who says, well, if you point a gun during a robbery, but don't shoot the person, then we're not going to go after you as a felon. You know, as, as a felony, as, as yeah, a felony, we're right. we're not gonna we're not gonna press serious charges against you. What's more serious? My gosh, are you kidding me? I mean, with the exception of murder, that's a violent crime in the threat alone, and the fear that you put into somebody and then take their property. Oh no, 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 it won't be a felony. Which means, again, this is look with Bragg. We know it's agenda. But if you've got to go this far to fulfill your agenda, you're in the wrong business. You should probably run for a different office. <laughs> you should run uh, maybe uh, against uh, AOC. I don't know. But you're in the wrong office because this ain't going to fly. 
On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Now for the entertainment portion of the show. Okay, we'll be entertaining now. Okay, fine. <laughs> you ready? All right. We have, do have a liberal circular firing squad update Woo-hoo. from the Oscars. Dun, dun, dun. This is a whale of a story. It's the only uh, one that matters. Uh, 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 uh. Who are you wearing? This is the debate following the 2023 Oscars, uh-huh. which we only mentioned briefly the other day. But Monday... Soap and hygiene company Dove took a stand against the film The Whale for casting a man in a fat suit as opposed to an obese man to play the role of its protagonist. Brendan Fraser, who won Best Actor, plays the character wearing over 300 pounds of fake fat. Wow. Dove, apparently, preferred the studio to cast an actual 600-pound actor to play the part. They are calling it fat appropriation. The uh, soap brand responded to a random Twitter user who professed her on or her outrage over the film oh. appropriating people like her oh. meaning obese americans oh. and they made sure in this uh, story and outkick where they say her words not ours <laughs> obese americans <laughs> yes, I mean, obese americans <laughs> okay dove wrote stop giving fat suits award awards fat blah, blah, blah. stop giving fat suits awards well it it we want better representation in Hollywood. Let's change beauty. By the way, I do I do love I do love this attempt by the left to want to change the the definition of beauty which for the most part is based on primal instincts. Yeah. Um physically when you look when when you're talking physical things, I mean that right. it comes from it, right. And throughout the animal kingdom, that's right, right now you can, you know, we are human beings. So beauty can be defined by the soul of a person, the mind of a person, the critical thinking. For example, that's, that's, that's what my wife keeps repeating for, to me. For, for example, our attraction, <laughs> your inner beauty, our, our, our attraction <laughs> to the women on the view because they intellectually stimulate us with their critical thinking skills. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the, having I'm having too much fun. I'm the, telling, I'm the award fun. was for hair and makeup. Uh, that particular award, Brendan Fraser also got an award. I don't know how many other awards the movie got. The whale he won, but it also was a technical award for hair and makeup. And so, is that makeup? Well, is- well, here's my question. What's the definition? Should of we take the makeup category out altogether? Oh, What's the difference in no, putting right, makeup no, right. on a person or hair? Sure. Now, because should then in that case, women who are in movies wear no makeup, 
Should there be no makeup at all? Where do you draw the line? I would draw the line as an actor of trying to carry around a, what'd you say, 300-pound fat suit? Yes. Boy. But look at the makeup on his face. I mean, there's tons of makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the... Uh, I've seen the uh, the clips and everything. I haven't seen the movie yet, but uh, that's a yeah, that's a lot to 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 carry literally uh, to carry around. Uh, but where would you draw the line? Couldn't you also say, well, we shouldn't be putting makeup on anyone because we're depicting them as something different. Last September, a film critic for Rolling Stone and Vulture declared the producers of The Whale a bunch of skinny, absolute, I can't use the word, Mm. for not including enough fat people in the production of the film. You can tell that no actual fat people were involved in the production because of a major plot point where the protagonist is dying but refuses to go to the hospital even though he has the money to pay the bills, tweeted somebody on Facebook the other day. Yeah. It's called medical, it's called medical fat phobia, you absolute, again, I can't use the next word. All right. In this review, she advised uh, that obese folks should avoid watching the film in protest. All right. How did the, I didn't have no idea how the film did. I mean, I remember when it was out there. And, yeah, I don't know what the box office yeah, was on it. All the buzz has been around the awards. But does it, hair appropriation? Look, hair, 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 or the lack of hair is a huge, yeah, uh, because is, is he, a huge emotional issue in the United States. I can tell by they the commercials that his exists. hair for the for the yes. part. So, you know, bald people, where are you at? You know, uh, Mickey got upset for heightening and Seinfeld. Mm. What about thinning hair? Right. Why put a person with a full head of hair and then thin their hair when there are plenty of thin-haired people out there looking for work that may not be able to get the best parts because they don't have hair? What about the fact that uh, there are real people out there and and we shouldn't have actors? That's even a better one, yeah. yeah. Why do we have these rich people... Pretending like they're poor. <laughs> that is, uh, oh, trying to, to uh, poor appropriation. <laughs> now this one even gets better. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore was blasted on social media. For kneeling to a man during an interview with a noted trans woman and TikTok celebrity, Dylan Mulvaney. Hmm. Mulvaney appeared on the Drew Barrymore show Monday to discuss Mulvaney's TikTok series, Days of Girlhood, which recently reached a year milestone. During the segment, they discussed combating combating hatred in their careers. Uh, 
And then apparently they, they hugged, and then she kneeled before the man. <laughs> that was the whole point. That, <laughs> that the woman was kneeling before the man to celebrate that the man was claiming to be a woman. I mean, that's what social media went crazy on. I'm just like, wow. And you can they've got the picture of her kneeling before it. And it really it goes right into our true narrative about the, you know, misogyny that exists and the femophobia uh in the liberal transgender activist movement. And just the kneeling does is a representation. You know, I don't know why she actually kneeled like that, but it is a huge image imagery of what's going on. So we'll bring these last two stories together. People in Hollywood also have a problem with non-transgenders. Get this, non-transgenders playing transgenders. If you think about the irony in that, it will make your brain explode. People in Hollywood have a problem with non-transgenders pretending to be transgenders. <laughs> Shut the actual hell up. Uh, but this was a State uh, Freedom Caucus Network Communications Director Greg Price commented, uh, women are now getting on their hands and knees to show solidarity with the man who has lived as a woman for less than a year. Truly the sneakiest trick the patriarchy has ever pulled. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, it seems like women are taking over the world. Yeah. They can vote now and everything. What do we do about it? I don't know. We pretend to be one of them. Oh, I see. Yeah. Next thing you know, they'll be bowing before us. <laughs> wow. They had wow. A, a former Black Lives Matter activist tweeted out, Does Drew Barrymore not realize that she is literally on her hands and knees for a man? The patriarchy wins again. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I just love what's happening. It it's like a weird implosion in Hollywood. And then there's Tom Cruise. <laughs> Why didn't Tom show? He didn't show. Well, Why didn't he show? Here's the thing, you know, there are people that understand, I think a few, and maybe only a few. Maybe there's only one. Maybe it's only Tom Cruise. That understand, look, uh, we want to pay for a movie where we watch something and things exciting happen and, you know, maybe a few things explode or whatever. And then we leave and we go home and for that two hours or whatever, we're just kind of mindless and watching you do what you do. But, but Hollywood has put so much self-importance out there including the you know the the award shows and you know that their role is to tell you 
what's wrong with you, what's wrong with, and then tell each other what's wrong with each other. And then, uh, and it just becomes this big, vicious cycle that is imploding. It's really just bizarre and also some of the most entertaining stuff that's come out of Hollywood. (laughs) It it really, because what is it that we actually want? Well, if it's comedy, we want it to be funny. If it's an action movie, it needs to be good. And, you know, those are the things that it, it needs to be. We need to be mindless in those moments, right? We want that entertainment. We want the break from the preaching and and the uh, and and everything else. But they can't help themselves. And they keep running into their own hypocrisy and the liberal circular firing squad gets more and more active by the moment. And it's getting to be such a bizarre world that I actually agree with the statement made by the Black Lives Matter activist. That's how bizarre it's getting. Yeah, right. About, you know, her kneeling before a man. Right. That the patriarchy, I mean, the ultimate in the patriarchy from the Black Lives Matter activist. I'm like, well, it's getting bizarre when... What's happening is when you get even some of the far left peeling off and yeah. and agreeing with, you know, when you're, and I believe I'm a consistent conservative libertarian on the issues and a and definitely a realist that likes to back up my opinions with science hmm. when they tend to occasionally, even the far left, some of the far left goes, well, this is nuts. Yeah. You know, this is, well, I'll say one, Bill Maher. Bill Maher was as far left as you could get a couple of years ago. Right. Right. He just realized he couldn't defend identity politics anymore. Right. He wasn't upset with identity politics when the Democratic Party and the liberal black leadership was going after black conservatives for decades and demonizing them. He wasn't at the forefront of saying, hey, this is what it's going to lead to. Nope. And you had to but, have known. But, you know, we did. Right. But, I, but, but I'm happy he's come around in a lot of the. He says he hasn't changed. He has. Oh, he's changed. Yeah, he's changed. Yeah. He's not a conservative. But he's definitely changed. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 Red Eye. You realize someday it's going to happen. So it's going to have the the liberal circular firing squad. You're going to have it's going to be called gender appropriation when a trans man actor wishes to play a trans woman, and it will be viewed as gender appropriation when a biological woman wishes to play a woman. We can't. Why? Wait a minute. Why do we have women playing women? <laughs> right. That's... Why do we not have more transgender right. women yeah. I mean, it's, playing women? I mean, it's just, it's pure insanity is what you're dealing with. No, that, no that's, that's it. And it won't end. It really no, won't no. end.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.